You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Good evening, folks, and welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, episode 77. And you say, what? That's not Mark. Why is Mark not introducing the show as usual? Well, Mark has another case of scurvy or something. I'm not 100% sure what it is, but he's not feeling well this week. So I brought back one of my favorite co-hosts on the show. We have Mr. Mike McPeak, otherwise known as DSC Chipman, on Twitter. Good evening, Mike. How are you this evening? Not too bad. I don't know. Between the what you guys talked about the last few shows and Mark getting sick all the time, even down here in my uh, underground bunker, I feel like I ought to put a hazmat suit on or something before we continue. Well, you know, I've ha- I have had people tell me that they feel they need to shower and disinfect themselves after listening to this show. So take all precautions as necessary, folks. You never know what we're going to get into. <laughs> so how have you been? What you been up to lately, Mr. McPeak? Oh, not too bad. Uh, you know, it's been busy. Uh, yesterday was homecoming, so we had to stripe the football field and get uh, set up for a volleyball tournament that went on today that I cleaned up after. And um, and then I've got some other projects that we'll talk about at the end of the show that kind of came up too. And then in between all this, the renter called and said the said that the well quit on the farm and we got a drought out here. And we need to water the cattle. So yeah, it's just been a bunch of things. It's been busy the last few days, but it's kind of busy that you can manage and kind of invigorate person so it's not too bad well good i'm glad i'm glad you're staying out of trouble at least you know it, it saves on the bail money yeah it does and yeah and i think if i ever got in my in jail my wife would just leave me there for a while to teach me a lesson so i'm pretty sure you know that that makes me think to an interesting story the uh when i was younger my uh, uncle used to be a justice of the peace so that had the fear of God in me to keep me from getting into too much trouble as a young kid because the last thing I wanted to do was be hauled up in front of my uncle because <laughs> <laughs> I knew he would have thrown the book at me and I'd never seen the light of day. So. Uh, it, what, the relatives are wonderful. <laughs> oh, he's a great guy. I love him. He's uh, Actually, he's a World War II veteran. He's uh, B-17, uh, flew on board a B-17 during World War II. So one of those <laughs> lucky few that made it through uh, all that mess. So, yeah, that would have put a fear of God into a number of people. So, yeah, it really would. Well, I guess the first thing that we need to talk about because it's the elephant in the room, pun intended, there um, is Honey Boo Boo. It appears that my sheer love of Honey Boo Boo has caused Honey Boo Boo to spread across the planet even further. As a result of me talking to uh, Timothy Gregoire of the Church Tech Geeks podcast and him being turned on to Honey Boo Boo. And he also is uh, semi-regular now on uh, IMP with uh, Bart and uh, uh, Stu Helm and several other people we know, Jeff Gamut being one of them. Uh, they introduced Stu to Honey Boo Boo and Stu apparently introduced Jeff Gamut to it last night. And then... Somehow, I believe uh, Mr. John F. Braun also got brought into the fold. So it appears that Honey Boo Boo is spreading her love and her boo booness across the planet. And, you know, I'm, I'm being chastised, I think somewhat unfairly, for sharing my, my love for, and Mark's going to hate me for doing this, here comes Honey Boo Boo! <laughs> He, you know, I, I don't see why. I mean, she's just a poor, innocent child trying to make her way in this world. What, what's your feeling on this, Mike? Well, um, 
she kind of reminds me of some people in my family, but I won't go down that road. Um, <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it is kind of a, oh, a, a redneck, um, oh, a redneck slice of life. Let's call it. That. I, I, I haven't watched the show, but I did stumble across the clip that they had that I saw on online about where they went to the uh, uh, the, the department store, as they called it uh, in air quotes there, um, <laughs> otherwise known as the city dump. Yeah. <laughs> And they were rolling her. Uh, I think they rolled her up in a mattress and called her a pig in a blanket or something like that. And oh, Lord, it was it was about a minute clip, and I'm just kind of going, "Wow!" I know I, reality shows. Uh, I watch some of them, and some of them I just I I kind of hold at arm's length, I guess. We get it. That's interesting because we had a conversation online last night on Twitter uh, about uh, we'll call. Uh, redneck reality shows. I mean, there's there's a bunch of them that were listed last night. If I remember, there was Lizard Lick Towing, um, uh, C- Cajun Pawn Stars, Cajun Pawn Stars. There was there's also uh, what's the Gator one? Um, uh, Gate Swamp the, People. Swamp People. Yeah. Then there's the one about the uh, duck mi- the millionaires that make the duck calls. Duck, Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty. Oh, yeah, when you put it that way, yeah, I do remember seeing that one. Um, I'm looking back to our uh, Twitter conversation. There's Hillbilly Hand Fishing. Oh, yeah. Swamp People, Duck Dynasty, um, Moonshiners. That one's filmed here in Virginia, partially. <laughs> um, that's the ones that we came up with, and I'm pretty sure that there's some others out there. Yeah, there's... Uh, there's you know, some of those shows even give uh, rednecks a bad name. I'll have to say that. Well, what was that one? The few uh, last time I was on the show, you were talking about that one uh, animal guy. Oh, uh, the Turtle Man, uh, Call of the Wild. Yeah, that, that maybe not quite redneck, but kind of in the uh, the folksy category. Let's oh, call he, it. yeah, he's uh, Turtle Man's definitely folksy. That's for sure. You know, it's it's funny. You talk about these redneck shows and. Some of these shows that they that they watch, I think Lizard Lick might be the one. It even says at the beginning that some of the stuff is staged or or something like that. I can't remember how it phrases it towards the beginning of the show. There's some huh. disclaimer about it's reenacted or something like that. I'm going, you know, I mean, what, what's going? I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure that, but I think I think that's what I saw. I can't well, stand that one. I've watched it a few times, just it, it with the you know curiosity of kind of watching a car accident. That it, it, it kind of just draws your attention to it. I can't say that I necessarily like it, but there's just something weirdly intriguing, kind of like you know getting hooked on a drug or something. You want to quit it, but you just can't quite. I, I can't explain it. Well, you know that's kind of like uh, we used to. Well, I, I shouldn't say that we used to. We still do watch uh, Pawn Stars. On History mm-hmm. Channel, uh, Chumley just cracks me up. He's—I mean, he's just that, that poor boy. God love him. Um, but then that got us to watching Hardcore Pawn. Now you can call people rednecks all you want, but have you ever seen that show Hardcore Pawn? If, uh, I think I haven't watched it. I kind of saw a few previews for it. It's the one. It's set in Detroit, along. Eight Mile. Eight Mile is apparently some famous road or something in Detroit. I'm, I'm not sure. But I tell you one thing. Some of the people that come and go out of that pawn, star, uh, pawn store 
oh my lord, you can make fun of rednecks. They can make fun of Honey Boo Boo all they want. <laughs> I don't want to go no. And please, listeners, uh, if you're in Detroit, I don't mean to be offensive. I'm not coming anywhere near that place if all the people around there are like the ones I see come and go out of that pawn store. I mean, these are some serious. They had one guy uh, on a fairly recent episode came in, freaked out, threw himself on the floor, started throwing a temper tantrum, rolled himself up in the rug, the, you know, the, the rugs that you'll get the, as you walk in the doors of places and those runners. He rolled himself in it, so the security guard just drug him out in the rug and unrolled him into the parking lot <laughs> and then put him in his van and told him to go on his way. Well, I think some of the, any of those businesses like that you'll see a um let's call it an interesting slice of humanity coming through the door yeah uh, probably of all kinds oh yeah um and like i haven't seen that one but i could imagine yeah people who are probably um let's say in desperate need of money for various reasons oh yeah well there was one lady came in there one day and pawned her gold tooth took it out of her mouth and handed it to the lady since she wanted to pawn it. And the woman behind the, the glass is going, I'm not touching that. <laughs> she just put, I mean, she literally just reached in her mouth, took it out, and slid it under the glass there, you know, where you hand them your rings or whatever. And so they, they ended up, she ended up picking up with tweezers and they, she pawned her tooth. I went, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um,. Yeah, that's just a little bizarre, and I mean, I, you know, maybe we should consider ourselves lucky that we've never reached the point where we have to pawn our teeth for you know money or for to survive or whatever. Maybe we should, you know, no matter how bad it gets, maybe we should count our blessings. But good grief, you look at something like that, and, and, and then to allow yourself to be put on TV—that's just kind of—I don't know. Hey, I, it goes against a, my sensibilities, I guess. Yeah, well, they also had a guy come in and pu- uh, pawn his peg leg. <laughs> Um, did he what, hop out of the store then? Yeah, he had crutches with him. He he took it off. They gave him a loan. I don't know. It was like fifty dollars or a hundred dollars. He said, "Well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have my money and I'll be back to pick it up." And he did come back and picked it up about a week or two weeks later. You know, he just needed the money right then. And well, I, and I wonder if that wasn't more of a mercy thing because really, I don't know if you could. If he doesn't come in to pick it up, could you actually get fifty dollars out of a peg leg? I. Would, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm surprised by some of these things because I watch shows like American Pickers, and you know, and I like that one. And they're just going around and you know, looking at people's just kind of junk. But there are people who will pay good money for things like uh, old toys and signs and that kind of stuff. And um, and you know, some of the stuff looks a little crusty, but they pay fairly good money for that stuff. And um, you know, I, I'm a little confused about the value of some of these things when I'm watching some of these shows, although I'm getting a little better because now that I've watched it for a while, I'm getting a little closer at what they're going to offer. But really, you know, you look at the value of some of those things and you're just, I, I scratch my head and I realize there's probably people who'd be willing to pay for stuff like that. The one that always kind of confused me, uh, we on the farm, we had a bunch of barns we had out there and we tore them down and we had a wood burning stove and we burned a lot of the old lumber and now I see that people will use that to decorate their houses with and I'm sitting there going I know what cows have done to these boards and you want them in your house really um, or, or barbed wire I mean we're probably sitting on a fortune of old rusty barbed wire out there and they use it for decorating all kinds of things and, yeah, uh, that, and that just blows strange. my mind yeah, well, yeah, you know, the old barn boards, you see them, they take them, they plane them down. 
uh, and then they'll turn them into things. I don't think, though, you know, now that you say that, I don't think I'd want some old barn boards turned into, like, a countertop or anything where I'm going to no. be preparing food. Uh, the hygienics of that would be a little, unless you put it under a big uh, sheet of lucite or something, but yeah, yeah. it would make me a little nervous. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I'd I'd like that. That that actually is kind of making me gross out just a little bit right now. <laughs> wow, we've hit a gross point. All right. So, but uh, well, I just wanted to you know correct the 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 thought. Honey Boo Boo is not a bad thing. I've said it before. Watch one episode before you judge poor little Honey Boo Boo. She's just trying to win her beauty crown. I mean, you can't you can't judge somebody just on that. So. Uh, everybody needs a goal in life, and we probably shouldn't mock it. So that's right. Talking about uh, videos and stuff that, and how things have spread. Uh, Tim uh, Gregoire introduced me to something. I guess being an old fart, sometimes I have my head in the sand or head in the dirt. You know what I'm talking about, Mike, when it comes to <laughs> pop culture and stuff like that. Oh and, yeah, and memes. Sometimes he introduced me to, uh, or told me about Sweet Brown. Have you seen this? No. Um, there's uh, there's this lady, apparently her name's Sweet Brown. I believe she's in Oklahoma. And we'll put some links to the various videos in the show notes. Um, she was in her apartment, and there was a fire in the apartment building she was in. Well, they interviewed her after this. And the, the they interviewed her, and, the, and she came across comical in the interview. Well, somebody posted it. I think even her son reposted it to... To YouTube, the things had I don't know like a million hits or something like that, and then somebody took her interview and they did a remix on it and made it into a song because I mean she she talks very distinctly is the is the way I'll put it, and uh, you know from the not the higher end of uh, of the projects we'll say in in Oklahoma mm-hmm. or wherever she's from, I mean she seems like a genuinely nice person I don't mean that but you know she can tell she's spent her time in the project and somebody remixed this song and the song has hit i want to say five hundred thousand views or something like that and had a bunch of likes and then they also ended up doing another story on this lady because of all this because she got so popular <laughs> i i you know i sometimes worry about modern society i mean that was the comment made last night in our twitter conversation that's how i'm gonna tie these two things together you know, uh, Jeff Gamet said he worried he he fears for society or something. I believe was his phrase in that conversation. And then when you see things like this and how they take off and 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 go, it's like it does kind of make me worry a little bit too at times. Well, yeah, and I, I've seen some of those uh, Songify um, things that they've done. One was the first one I uh, saw that uh, took off was was it Bad Intruder or Bed Intruder. Um, that um, that got songified, and that one took off. And then there was another one, uh, sort of along the line of what that sweet brown you were talking about. This uh, lady witnessed a, a mugging or something, and uh, I think it was called a, a backing up or something like that. Uh, my daddy done taught me good backing up, backing up. Uh, you know, I, I can't quite remember. It. Yeah, it was kind of catchy. Um, but yeah, that was just they took uh, normal interviews from people, news interviews, and then. The, they ran them through the Songify, and then they cut and spliced, and yeah, and some of those did, and they are, you know, kind of catchy. Again, it's kind of like one of those drug things. When you get kind of hooked, it's kind of like, 
well, maybe I should listen again. I, you know, it feels wrong, but you know, why don't I'll give it another listen? Yeah, it 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 does though. When you see that kind of stuff, and I know there was one thing. There was another interview posted or another YouTube video posted for Sweet Brown, where uh, part of the thing was her talking about her getting up to go get a cold pop. Well, you know, this one guy wanted to make sure she had cold pop. He found her, and he gave her like four twelve packs of 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 uh, soda to drink so she wouldn't have to get up and go so far to get a, a cold pop. She'd always have plenty of cold pop around if she needed it. So, <laughs> I, you know, it's just... It, it's well, you, just you know, you, you look at some of those things and you do... Yeah, you know, I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but you do kind of wonder about you know, society as a whole that, uh, you know, some of these things that take off and... I don't know. Maybe I am getting to be an old fart here, crossed over that line. And what are these kids coming to nowadays? But you know, um, I don't know. I guess there's nothing wrong with it. it just you, you know, you, you do kind of wonder a little bit. Of course, then our folks probably thought about us. And I, I mean, I see the shirt that you're wearing there. You got the who there, and I'm pretty sure our folks uh, thought we were you know listening to some of that music. And what the heck was wrong with us? So I don't know. Maybe it's just a generational thing. It, it, yeah, it definitely must be, but I guess we're getting to that stage where get off my lawn, damn it, you know. <laughs> you darn kids, yeah, get off my lawn. Okay. Unless they got a lawnmower in their hands, they better stay the hell off my lawn. <laughs> that works for me. Because <laughs> I don't want to be mowing. Well, you know, uh, the the thing we didn't talk about right at the top of the show though was, uh, you know. Mark's not feeling well, and we wish him well. But I think Mike might have a have something that you know with to help Mark out with some of his health problems. Well, yeah, you know, I got thinking about you know he's always he's always sick and everything, and I got thinking he really needs to take a you know an aggressive course of action here. And and growing up on the farm, we used to raise sheep, and there was this thing that was called a sheep dip, and basically what it was there was this ramp that you ran the sheep up, and when they got to the top of the ramp, you pushed them into this tank of solution, and. Um, that and then the solution was stuff that would kill ticks. And, and for those of you that aren't familiar, ticks are uh, nasty little blood-sucking uh, parasites. They're kind of like politicians, but not quite as disgusting. <laughs> um, but then you would, and then they would uh, walk across the tank and then up another ramp and out. And so they'd be soaked in this stuff, and it would kill them. Well, I think we just need to put something like that in Mark's house before he can get it in or out of the house. He's just got to. We just got to force him to walk through this big dip tank of uh, disinfectant and just make sure he's thoroughly coated and, and kill all the little nasty so that eventually him and his family can get well again. Well, will that require him? I think it'll require him to wear the mankini that's been it, talked about so much, you know, while he's being drugged through the dip. Well, you know, certain sacrifices have to be made. So, uh, I'm sure that some people's eyesight will be sacrificed by Mark wearing a mankini much as they would be of me wearing a kilt. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say. Well, and you know, sheep don't willingly go, and you got to prod them. So we'll probably have to have someone there, just you know, you know, poke uh, Mark to make sure that he gets it in the tank there, and make sure he gets coated. So. Well, you know, I'm sure uh, I'm sure I could probably find one around here in one of the farm stores, but I'm sure you might even have one. We could send a cattle prod down to his wife, and she could use it to poke him, you know, to get him to go into it, couldn't she? Well, yeah, and. And we, we used to have an electric one around there that shoots some jolts, through, uh, you know, a few volts there uh, through you. So there you go. You know, just get into the jump a little bit. Yeah, plus that'll cook some of the germs away too. Yeah, there you go. 
See, we're, we're looking out for your wealth, uh, health, and well-being there, Mark. We're just you got your best in intents, uh, you know, on our mind here. We got your back, dude. That's all we'll say. We got your back. <laughs> well, I don't know if I want his back, but you know, we'll, we'll look out for his health. The back can take care of itself. So it will be covered in dip. So it will be all right. I wonder if they. Uh, I wonder what kind of dip we could run him through. Hmm. hmm. We got some good disinfectant up at the school. It's supposed to be hospital grade, and, uh, and it smells halfway decent. So he probably wouldn't offend people. Well, that's true. That's true. We could just do that. We could just run him through a batch of that every every day or so, and he'd be all right. Yeah. So you know, uh, you talk about that. We, we're talking jokingly, of course. Like I say, we wish Mark, we wish Mark well. But I am, of course, now I got to get this image of him in the mankini again out of my head. So I'll drink some more later. That'll get rid of it. <laughs> I'll mix a little something with the coke I'm having right now to see if I can get it out. <laughs> Sacrifices we make, but that, yeah, that's right. But yeah, it's funny. I had a, I was talking to a couple people at work this week who are feeling top of their game, and they were laughing at me because a couple of them had a bad cough. And I said, I can tell you, cough syrup because the cough syrup you buy in the stores, I swear to God, is crap. It does no good for anything because they've taken all the alcohol out of the damn stuff. That's part of the reason. But I was telling them about the cough syrup I used to take as a kid. It was homemade cough syrup. And uh, I gave him the recipe. It's, it's one part whiskey, two parts honey, two parts sugar, and two parts lemonade. Or lemon juice, I mean, excuse me, not lemon juice. And you mix all that together and take it. And I guarantee you, it will cut the worst cough I've ever had. It, it This stuff is amazing. And it's not just the whiskey. I mean, because you know, by the time you take whiskey and mix honey and sugar and lemon with it, You've pretty much killed most of the whiskey taste off of Well, it. and you know, actually, honey has a certain amount of, um, uh, was it antimicrobial uh, uh, action to it because they found honey uh, in uh, the pyramids in, in jars that was still good yet because it kind of has, uh, uh, I think it kills bacteria or something or has certain te- uh, tendencies. Uh, that's why it preserves so well because we actually, we have people that put uh, bees on our farm so we get the, the good honey from the bees and we get like about uh, about five gallons of the stuff every year so we got a lot of honey around here um, and I, you know, I eat a lot of that stuff but it does have certain um, um, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think certain uh, antimicrobial uh, uh, properties to it. So it might actually help kill a few of the bugs uh, in your throat. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I can remember taking that stuff as a kid. I didn't get it that often, but usually when... Uh, and the other thing that was in it when I was a kid, and I think that might have been in place of the honey or part of it. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, my grandfather would put glycerin in with it. Hmm. And I... You know, I need to look up and see what all the different properties of glycerin are, but it was thick. But I remember this stuff was so thick, though, before I could take it, my mother would have to heat a pan of water and get it warm and then set the jar down in it and then let it warm up a little bit and stir it together before she would actually give me this stuff. But I know if I was if I was feeling poorly or I had a bad cough that was keeping me awake, a teaspoon of that or, or maybe even a tablespoon of that, I was the happiest little kid on the block. I might have to whip some of that up because it just seems like about, uh, you know, I, I kid Mark, but I kind of go through the same thing about, uh, oh, pretty soon here, I imagine, 
sneezing about November, so I'll get a cough, and it'll just kind of move down to my chest, set up residency, change address, postcards, the whole thing, and we'll just live down there for a while. And uh, and I don't know what it is, and I tried, you know, whatever, and maybe I'll have to, you know, be like Mark and eventually end up going to the doctor for some of that stuff. But, yeah, I get it, get that too, so I should maybe mix up a batch of this stuff and just kind of uh, take a couple swigs of it now and then. Well, I'll have to. There was a website I found that had a whole bunch of homemade remedies, and I'll have to stick it in the show notes, um, and I'll send it to you, Mike, and you can have a right. look at it too. But it had a lot of recipes for stuff like that. Um, different things that I remember. Some of my remembered as a kid, uh, my grandmother using on me, and uh, sometimes I think it was she was experimenting on me. I'm not a hundred percent sure, <laughs> but you know, it's okay. I lived. I survived. I'm I'm almost fifty years old now, so I'm you know. It's it it worked. I'm not going to complain. There's there's a few months difference between me and Mike, so apparently we survived those days as kids. <laughs> well, and, you know, we never. I never had any like Granny's rheumatoid arth, uh, medicine, if you remember the Beverly Hillbillies, which was just good old straight up moonshine. Uh, that that stuff works wonders. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of moonshine out here in South Dakota, so I don't I don't have firsthand knowledge of that. Uh, where I live here in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, it's still kind of a regular thing. I haven't touched <laughs> any for a long time. I remember it's probably been maybe 10 years ago. I can't remember now. Maybe not quite 10 years ago. There were two or three big moonshine busts uh, right here in town. Uh, they caught the guys trucking it through town. You know, the jugs filled, ready to sell the stuff. Um, and they busted, I think they busted the same guy twice in a row, one month and they let him go. And then about two or three months later, they got him again. I think that time they put him away for a little bit of time, uh, for it. But the moonshine business here in the Shenandoah Valley may not be as brisk as it once was, but folks, it still does exist. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Wow. I thought that was, had gone out, you know, after prohibition, but no, no. No, no, no. There's, uh, there's, 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 there's still plenty of it around. Um, I don't, I don't have any direct connection to any anymore, um, as I used to. Uh, actually, when I was a kid, my grandfather used to make his own uh, uh, interesting beverages. We'll say uh, oh. he made wine as well. I know there was one time out there on the farm that he lived on, and the farm he lived on actually, it was a house with a bunch of little buildings around it. That had been at one point a little village, like his smokehouse had been the tannery for the town, and he turned it into a smokehouse. There was this great big building next door to him that had been the store and the post office next to his house, but he bought that building and he used to store stuff in it. It just became a storage building for him. And one time the building caught on fire, and it you know it's burning. They called the fire department, fire department, and he lived out in the middle of nowheres. I mean, literally, a little one-lane dirt road barely wide enough to cuss a cow on. And they come out there, and fire department's out there, and they're, they're taking stuff out of the building, trying to put the fire out and all this stuff. And uh, when they found out what was in the barrels they were rolling out of there, they decided they'd stick around after the fire was out to make sure it was good and out. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, it was it was funny. He ended up, and then the, the building, the old building burned down. He turned the old stone foundation. That became the hog, one of the hog pens. So my grandfather was kind of resourceful like that. <laughs> oh yeah, well you know, and, and well, so was mine too. You know, um, he moved. My grandpa McPeak moved out to South Dakota in 1870. Uh, 
six, I think it was just before the South Dakota became a state. And um, he had to bring the ho- uh, horse into the house one winter because there was a terrible blizzard going on. Hadn't built a barn yet out there, and you didn't want your horse to die because that was one of your means of generating income uh, uh, on the farm. So he brought it in the house. I mean, you do what you got to do to you know get things done. Ooh, what kind of litter box would that have taken? <laughs> it was probably a dirt floor, so it probably didn't make a lot of difference. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> the, yeah, it's funny. My grandfather used to talk about him being contrary. I remember when uh, one, I remember riding with him as a kid, and I think his eyesight was starting to get bad, and whew, he scared the living crap out of me. Well, I come to find out he didn't have a driver's license anymore because they'd taken it away from him because he couldn't pass the eye exam or something. And he told him that he told the Department of Motor Vehicles, he said, "What the hell with you? I drove before I had to have a license. I'll keep on driving. It don't make any difference to me." <laughs> they ended up having to take parts off his car, and because my one uncle was a mechanic, he took one part off and took it away when Granddaddy wasn't looking. Granddaddy found out what was missing, sent somebody into town for a part, got it, put it back on the car, and went to driving again. So finally, the last time my uncle went out there, he had to take all kind. He took the wires, the rotor cap. He took a couple spark plugs, and, and he knew my grandfather wouldn't screw with it then. So, But he had to take a ton of stuff off that car to keep Granddaddy all <laughs> driving around. Well, some of those old people, yeah, they don't want to give up even when maybe they should. And, you know, it, it gets a little hairy at times. Oh, yeah. There was... Uh, you, I thank God that my mother, when she realized she could not drive anymore, she was fine with it. She said, no, I shouldn't drive anymore, not going to drive. That's great. What gets me now, though, is she's picky about what vehicle I go pick her up into to ride over to my house. It's like, really? I'm coming to get you. Why are you being picky? Well, I prefer to ride in your... (laughs) You ride in whatever I drive over here. Yeah. Well, and, you know, my mom was the same way, and we kind of did, did a kind of a backdoor thing. She was getting a little older, and my uh, second son was getting ready to go off to school, and we go, you know, Mom, it'd really be nice if, we, you know, he doesn't have a lot of money. It'd be nice if he could use your vehicle to go down to college and be work out really well for him, and I live in town here, and I can drive you around all that you need, and she kind of, yeah, you know, that, that kind of makes sense, but she was kind of getting to the point, well, she's 90... <sighs> 91 at that point, I think, when she decided to quit driving. So, um, And it was probably a good thing. She hadn't gotten into an accident yet, but I think I heard a story or two where she was maybe you know, getting to that point where she wouldn't be. But it just kind of worked out well that she kind of went, well, yeah, that makes sense. And so we didn't have to have the conversation of why you shouldn't be driving. It was just kind of, here's you know, a good use for your car. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, when my mom ended up, I sold her car uh, for her. Uh, to some friend of mine that needed a car to drive once in a while to work, and uh, she was she was pretty happy with that. It took her a while to get around to wanting to sell it. I said, "Well, just letting it sit in the garage and fall apart isn't going to do you any real good. Um, I don't need it. I've got three vehicles here. I really can't use. You know, we got one more vehicle than we got drivers in the house at this point in time. So, don't need another vehicle." And I said, "You can use the cash to do something else with to pay a bill or." You know, you'll have a little cash stashed away to do something fun with. So she finally acquiesced and let me uh, sell the car. And, and then she was happy. She was happy about it. Now she's got the garage. She Once in a while, she'll go out and she'll open the garage door and just sit there in the garage and watch the watch the world go by. She likes doing that instead of sitting on the front porch sometimes. So, hey, mm-hmm. whatever peels her banana, you know, whatever makes her happy, I'm, I'm okay with it. She's happy. 
more happy, the happier she is, the less phone calls I get about what she's unhappy about. So, yep, <laughs> that that works out well. Well, you know, we were talking about Mark being sick, and one of the things that a lot of people do when they're sick is they like to read. Unfortunately, you, you were just talking about how busy you are, and mm-hmm. I got an extremely hectic schedule for the next several months. I'm not having a whole lot of time to sit down and read, so I'm thinking about dabbling into audiobooks. I've never, well, I won't say I never have. It's been a long time. And the last audiobook I listened to, the only way I could listen to it was on cassette tape. So that'll kind of tell the listeners how long it's been since I <laughs> participated in the audiobooks theme. And I was just wondering, I'm curious, you know, you always hear uh, Leo Laporte advertising for uh, audible.com. And I don't want no subscription where I'm getting a book a month or anything like that. I just want to pick up a book once in a while when I want to intersperse it with my podcast or something like that. Do you do much audiobooks, Mike? Yeah, I do. Because um, sometimes um, I listen to a lot of podcasts at double speed, so I'll burn through them pretty quick. Now I'll have these gaps. And I got two solutions here which are free. Well, or almost free. One is almost free. The one, uh, if you don't mind the classics, um, LibriVox.org, I believe is the name of it. I'll have to look it up and we'll put it in the show notes. But um, there's a lot of people have volunteered and recorded um, some of the old classics. I've listened to um, um, the John Carter of Mars books, um, War of the World, some of the old classic science fiction stuff, um, H.G. Wells' Time Machine, uh, Moby Dick. Uh, I know I've listened to a bunch of them that way, and those are just free to download and listen to. Now, you know, it's going to be varying quality. I started listening to a, a Sherlock Holmes book that somebody did, and I had to quit listening to it because when they got to one of the point where it, the guy would get excited, he'd be like screaming in my ears and I'm ripping the earbuds out so I don't lose my hearing. He kind of overdid his uh, voice acting a little bit. So, but it's all volunteers, and the quality will vary. But if you're not too picky, that works out pretty good. And then the other solution that I'm using right now is um, uh, Overdrive through your uh, local library. Uh, our local library started doing the Overdrive service, which is you can check out audiobooks. Now, that's the one that you'll have to go get a uh, library card. But for us, it's only like 15 bucks a year. And you can have, I think the way it works for us anyway, about three people can access that. And so you check it out like you would a library book. And you have a certain length of time that you can check it out for audiobooks, uh, maybe about seven days or so or something like that. Uh, or you can pick it, uh, take it up to, I think, 14 days too. But you just go in there and you, you can, uh, on the website, you can look for the books. You can check them out. And now... It does frustrate me a little bit using a Mac. They have MP3 books. That's fine. That I can load on my iPod Touch. doesn't cause any problems. But they've got uh, WMA books, Windows Media Audio books. That one you can't load directly onto your iPod Touch because that doesn't play WMA files. What I have to do is, and there doesn't seem to be a convert. They don't have a because it's this is DRM'd material. Uh, you just can't run it through anything. Um, I have to, since I have Windows on Boot Camp on my MacBook Pro, I have to go into Windows, download it there, run it through, uh, I think, iTunes and Windows, and I had to have um, Windows Media Player installed. Anyway, it's got to go through Windows to convert it over to a file that I can then load to my iPod Touch. 
that is a little irritating. I wish they would have a Mac solution for that. But if you can get past doing that, um, I've read the first two books of the um, the girl with the dragon tattoo and the girl who played with fire. So they have some fairly modern stuff on there um, and current stuff. Um, I think I read a, uh, another science fiction book. I think it was called The Long Earth. So they have a selection of different stuff there. Um, and you just got to check into your local library to see if they have that overdrive service available. But that is a good solution. You can do ebooks and audiobooks that way. You know, I'm pretty sure my local library has might have that because I seem to recall them talking about, um, or I, when I was last time I was at the library, them saying about you know getting ebooks, so I would venture to say they at least have something like that. So I'll have to check into that. And the as you said, it's LibreVox with a V. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, well we'll look it up and put it in the show notes. I'll have to give it a look. One of the books I want to go back and listen to because it's been eons is I want to. Well, there's two of them actually. I want to listen to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I want to listen to Isaac Asimov's um, Foundation Trilogy. Yeah, that I've got that, and I read that when I was a kid, and I'd like to go back and read that again. Yeah, I, those are two. I think I'm going to explore those two first. I don't mind buying Audible books. I'll buy them either through iTunes if I can, or I'll buy them directly from, uh, 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 what you call it, uh, audible.com. I just don't want the subscription because I don't, because then if I don't use it, I'm going to feel guilty about not listening mm-hmm. to the books. And I don't want to screw up my podcast listening <laughs> because I love my podcasts. I, I dearly love podcasts. It drives my family absolutely freaking nuts, but I don't really <laughs> care. So, well, and yeah, and you know, it, the uh, podcast and the audiobooks is what I listen to while I'm at work because it doesn't take a lot of brain power to push a broom around. So, and now that school is in session in the summertime, I actually kind of have to listen to my coworker once in a while, which cuts down on my podcast listening. But once school starts and I can be uh, off by myself and working, I probably have five to six hours a day that I can listen to podcasts and audiobooks and, and like that. And listening to them at double speed like that, I can go through a bunch of them. So, uh, I got about 36, uh, although not all of them are active, uh, podcasts I listen to and and I still have time for a few uh, audiobooks along the way well that's yeah because the um, I forget how many podcasts I've got in my directory without pulling it up here and I got all three screens full of stuff right now so I'm not going to do that at the moment but um, I got a ton of podcasts that I listen to some I make sure I never miss occasionally there are some I'll miss and I have to catch up and I you know I feel guilty if I don't get caught up on them but then Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, you, I, I, and I want to throw in some audiobooks because I want to listen to something a little different from time to time. Get, I need to take a break because I'm so involved in technology. I think it's good every once in a while just to step away from technology for mm-hmm. for a short period of time. I mean, because I do, like you, I have a lot of time to listen, not as much as you do at times, because I spend about 12 to... On average, from 11 to 15 hours a week commuting to and from my job. So um, I have plenty of time, and it keeps me from wanting to kill people, as I mentioned last week <laughs> on the show. Uh, me too. So it, uh, you know, because I don't, that way I don't want to drive that M1 Abrams tank down the road and just crush everybody in my way. No, I won't do that. Kevin, don't do that. But, you know, it's, 
I really want to to do something a little different, so I think I might have to check into getting some audiobooks. I would love for the listeners to give us some suggestions for some good audiobooks or other sources, possibly, other than the you know, ones that we've talked about here, the ones that Mike mentioned and the, uh, the obvious ones, iTunes and uh, Audible.com. So we're open to all suggestions. Just email us. And, and talking a little bit about podcasts, I've been toying with an idea... Mike, and I'm not sure if I'm going to do it or not. I've gotten kind of behind on some of my podcasts for various reasons. I've been adding new podcasts uh, because there's been new ones that other people on the Stoplight Network have come up with that I want to listen to. And some aren't being produced as often as they used to be. And some of the ones I listen to have kind of gone down a path that doesn't interest me as much anymore. So I'm thinking about declaring podcast bankruptcy. What does that sound like to you? It sounds intriguing. Um, you know, uh, I've heard of moral bankruptcy, but uh, <laughs> let's hear what the podcast bankruptcy is like. Well, well, I got the idea from, I think it's Merlin Mann or somebody, one of the productivity people said, you know how email can just get to, your email can be overwhelming at times. And I've heard people say they declare email bankruptcy. They delete every piece of email they've got, like in their inbox and or stuff like that, they just delete it, send a message out, tell people, hey, if you needed anything from me, you sent me something, I haven't replied to it, it's gone, I had too much email. And I've been thinking about some of these podcasts that I have that I don't listen to as much or as regularly, just deleting them all, because I think I've got about five or 600 unlistened to podcasts in my iTunes folder. I mean, I blow through them at a pretty good clip every week, but... I, I've been thinking about just declaring email bankruptcy and getting rid of a lot of them. Or podcast bankruptcy. Crap, I screwed up my own name. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just cleaning out and starting all over again. Because I think there's some new podcasts that are going to be coming out soon. And some changes in hosts on other shows that are going to make me want to keep up a lot more with some of these podcasts than I've been keeping up with them recently. So... Is that my line to jump in now, or? Uh, well, I was trying to be subtle about it, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now that you bring it up, yeah. There's my my life's gotten a little bit more interesting. I've been kind of uh, I've guessed uh, guested on a few podcasts. Uh, uh, this one quite uh, often, uh, you know, until Mark gets better. And I've done IMP and another not, not another Mac podcast. And I think while we were here talking, I think uh, Mark sent out a. Uh, uh, request to see if I could be on uh, NAMP uh, this weekend. Too. So I, I've been doing more of that, but uh, through all this, I've just become, um, uh, I uh, was asked to join the Sci Fi Tech Talk with uh, Julie Keel and Jeff Sire. Um, they, they wanted to add a third co-host because um, one was gone for vacation this summer, and then the other one was gone. Well, then one person—it's kind of hard to have a one-person podcast. So they thought if they threw one more person in there, we could always at least come up with two. So last night we recorded our first uh, 
joint all three of us together uh, podcast, and uh, we were talking about Mars and technology. And, and for those who haven't listened to the podcast, it's about listening to science fiction and then looking at the tech within the science fiction and kind of see how it works in the story and see if there's any kind of counterpart uh, to it today. Um, one of the things we discussed last night was uh, the War of the Worlds by H.G. Uh, Wells, which was published in like 1890. And one of the things I mentioned was that the Martians used these uh, walkers to wa- uh, go across the the country because they couldn't have they didn't have the strength with Earth's gravity to move on their own. And I said that's kind of equivalent to what they're doing now in the military with the exoskeletons, which allows a human being uh, it's kind of like an Iron Man suit that gives a person extra strength to pick up and move uh, cargo and everything. And so you kind of look at the tech that uh, they talk about and see if there's any counterparts uh, um, in the modern uh, science and see how it's it's translated. But uh, we um, so I have that going, and I'm in the process, and I'm hopefully pretty close to getting my own podcast launched. Um, that one is Bard on the Plains, and um, um, basically what it's about is people telling stories. Because uh, I've kind of alluded it to, uh, to it tonight and at different times that I grew up uh, in South Dakota during the 60s and there wasn't a lot of entertainment and so one of the things I would do would be to get my dad to tell me stories and he uh, was in the Civilian Conservation Corps during the 30s out in the Black Hills of South Dakota building fire trails and he helped uh, wire Wind Cave National Park for electricity and he'd have all these stories that would that he would tell me and you know, he passed away 30 years ago, and we never recorded any of those stories. And my mom passed away about a year and a half ago, and we never recorded any of the stories that she had. But I realize there's other people out there who have stories to tell, and you know, of varying degrees of interest, either you know something personal or something humorous or something dramatic. And I guess it's just my uh, intention to kind of go out there and find those people and have them tell their story in their voice with you know their emotion, um, and just you know kind of share it with the world that's that's a great idea because i i love that kind of stuff that kind of uh folksy history that's passed down through stories i mean it it's very interesting i mean i'm a history i'm a history nut anyway i've mentioned that before on the show i love all types of history yes history primarily but uh to hear you know people that lived through it that went through it i mentioned a little while ago about my uncle that flew on board a uh B-17 during World War II. He was the flight engineer and top turret gunner on a B-17. And you know, he, he's told me some of the stories about that. and It just fascinates the hell out of me to hear things like that. I think it's a great idea, Mike. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to start he- to start listening to it. So you're going to force me to, to knock somebody out of the rotation. <laughs> I'm not Uh-oh. sure who. I'm going to feel guilty here, but uh, no, I, I've kind of had to go through the same process that you did. Because, like I say, when summer rolls around and I have to actually work with my my coworker there at the school, you know, then it, it's kind of rude to put on your your headphones and tune them out. So I kind of had to go through and well, yeah, you know, I don't listen to this one, and I did have to do some weeding out. But now that school has started, I've added a few more and. Uh, brought back some of the ones that I kind of quit listening to over the summer and have added a few more. Um, But yeah, you do kind of have to go through and weed those out. And um, um, But yeah, I mean, uh, I I hate to add to your conundrum there, but, uh, you know, I put a few things out there and, you know, hopefully people will find what I have to say interesting. Like I said, my first one is working. It's uh, I've I've submitted it and we've got to do the iTunes stuff and we're doing that. So I'm hoping it'll be soon. But the first one is just 
me talking about my my rise and fall as a farmer and you know kind of the whole uh you know it's personal but it's it's a way for people to kind of get to know me and kind of maybe possibly understand me just a little bit well if it helps people understand you that'll be a miracle then maybe you can explain me to the to other people and then we'll be set well, you can't get rid of all the mysteries. Then you just become boring. So well, just understand me a little bit. Okay. Well, according to what some people on in the uh, podcasting world have told me, that if I do start wearing my kilt, a lot of the mysteries about me will be removed, but I'm not 100% certain mm. of that. I think we're having a conversation about thongs and kilts, but that would just be the thong thing to do. So. Yeah. That's that's just not a, not a nice thong to do. That's, let's just put no. it that way. So, um, and talking about the conversations, we've alluded to a bunch of times tonight about the Twitter conversations. I mean, you and I have them probably, what, at least one a week, you and I will have a little Twitter conversation, either in the public timeline or, you know, in DMs. And, and Mark and I communicate a ton on Twitter, you know, kind of replaces email almost completely unless there's some huge thing we want to send one another. And I'm always interested. I This week, for whatever reason... I can't remember what made me do it, but I switched away from the TweetBot Alpha on my machine that I was running and uh, went back to, uh, um, I know I'm going to, well, we got the explicit tag, so what the hell, uh, your Frukaroo you to whatever it is, the the owl. Yeah, there you go. The you just kind of keep going and just find the syllable and quit. Yeah, so uh, I switched back to that as my main Twitter client uh, on my desktop machine. Now, if I'm on a machine that I'm not don't have anything installed or don't have something installed, I tend to use um, TweetDeck through the Google Online uh, Chrome plugin. I should say that you can do you can just do a quick search and it'll install it if you're signed into Google, uh, and that works pretty well. I like the column view there; that's kind of nice. Um, but I just can't seem to settle in permanently. I've been through I don't know how many Twitter clients. What about you? Well, I started out with the official web page, which I think is what uh, Twitter is trying to herd everyone back to, which eh, it's Sucks. basic. It yeah, sucks. it's <laughs> it's barely functional, but yeah. Uh, then I went to, yeah, the, your, your Fuku um, and uh, used that for a while, but then when TweetBot came out, I heard everybody you know raving about that one. And so I switched over to that, and I used that on... Um, Mac and iOS, uh, and then I use the the tweet marker service so that it'll sync between my Mac and my uh, iOS devices. So if I'm reading on one, it'll catch up to the other. And then on my Android tablet down here, I use a, a one called Plume, which does pretty good. And um, I don't know. So far, I'm satisfied with uh, Tweetbot. Um, it's got all the things along the side here, so I'm pop up my and I see when I get an instant message and maybe I should go back to you know your Fuku uh, for a while just to compare the two but um, you know I guess I don't have real heavy duty Twitter stuff I just kind of see what's out there and you know snipe in an answer once in a while because I'm kind of a 
yeah, we have the explicit tag, right? I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a smart ass by nature, so I just kind of like <laughs> to throw out the little hand grenades once in a while and, and just watch everything happen. But, um, and I guess that's what I like about Twitter, especially the public stuff. Somebody will say something like we were last night and just kind of throw something on there and you comment and just kind of build a conversation that way. Um, but and you know, it does the direct messages, which I've had to do learn a little bit about and do a little bit more with. Um, hosting and this different kind of stuff but um tweet bot you know seems to do it but i'm just afraid what twitter i realize they got to make money i just i don't know maybe maybe we'll just have to give it a chance and see how it works but i'd hate to see them put these clients out of business if all we're going to get is the web page yeah the web page is absolutely horrific in my opinion i'm sorry they, they can do all they want but the navigation, the layout is just too freaking confusing. And uh, I think one of the things that brought me back to Yo Fruka, Fruka, Ruka, Rakaru, or whatever it is, and I know I'm butchering somebody's poor name, and please forgive me for that. The one thing that I missed the most about it was typing in a tweet and hitting enter. Send the tweet. I didn't have to click a button to say tweet. I didn't have to do any of that. I just hit enter and it tweeted. That was it. Plus- See, I was having trouble last night, and people either thought I was having a stroke or I was drunk. What I was trying to do in uh, <laughs> in um, uh, Tweetbot was I was trying to post that you know announce that I was doing the the new podcast with Sci-Fi Tech Talk, and I was trying to do put everyone's uh, at handle Twitter handle in there, and I would hit the at and start typing their name, and the list would pop up, and I would take the keyboard or go down to their name and I hit enter and then it would post a tweet. So I only had like half a tweet up there. And I don't know why I was having such a brain fart with that last night, but um, it took me about four tries to get it out there and finally I said, no, I'm not drunk. Uh, I'm just having trouble with you know trying to get this right. So finally I just got to the point where the list would come up, I would take the cursor, hit the one and then keep typing. That was okay. I don't know why hitting the keying down and hitting enter was posting the stupid thing but and I, I've never had that kind of problem before I don't know if I was just tired last night or what so you were prematurely tweeting is what you're saying uh, yeah and I don't know if there's a little blue pill for that or not but, uh, <laughs> blue or red pill one of the two for the premature tweeting <laughs> now we're just going down an alley that's just not right but anyway hey if we can talk about vajazzling on this show we can talk about little blue pills for your for your for your tweets going off too early premature tweeting <laughs> oh, we're just gonna i don't know we may need those hazmat suits after a while but. hey feel free to, to to protect yourself in any way you want the listeners uh you know if you feel like you need to wash bleach yourself scoop off scrape off sand off sandblast you know we're not going to complain we're just happy you're listening. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I guess, you know, that kind of wraps up what I had to talk about this week, unless there was something else that, uh, and we're coming close to an hour here, so we'll give the listeners a little break tonight. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight, Mike? No, I, I think that was about it. I just, you know, wanted to give uh, Mark some suggestions on staying healthy and, uh, you know, and wish him the best. And uh, hopefully he'll get over this uh, uh, maladies that keep chasing him around. And um, I don't know what, you know, who he torqued off to be getting all these illnesses. But uh, 
let's just hope it's not transmitted over the internet. Yeah, I, I don't want to catch none of his st- creeping crud coming through the the inner tubes there. That would that would really be nasty. Well, one thing I know he's looking forward to because Mark's in Australia, as our listeners regular listeners know, is uh, the coming of summer down there. Because he's definitely, although the winter they have down there, what he describes to me doesn't really sound like winter. And it, you know, because I think he talks about it, the cold parts of winter. He gets down in the and around 10 degrees Celsius or something like that, that doesn't seem wintry to me. No. Uh, And you're talking to somebody from South Dakota here who, in our winters, uh, it's not horribly unusual to get down to, like, minus 20 Fahrenheit. Uh, you got icicles where you ought not have icicles when you're outside. Yeah. Well, you and I both have facial hair, and, and he couldn't believe it when I told him the one time about when it's cold, really cold outside, and I'll go outside to work, like if I'm shoveling snow or, or doing something outside like that, I will get icicles that come up in oh, my beard, mustache, and all that. And he was just dying laughing. He couldn't believe that. I said, well, if we get some cold weather this winter, I'll try to remember to snap a pic and send it to you so you can see the ice on my face. Well, if that's the case, I'll take a few pictures when I'm at the school snow blowing, and because I'll come in and I'll just be pulling icicles out of my beard and flicking them on the, or if I'm really thirsty, maybe kind of you know suck them into my mouth just so I got a little uh, you know moisture to go on there. But yeah, it, you come in looking like Frosty the Snowman or the Abominable Snowman or you know some snowman. Yeah, I know, yeah. When you get snowblower going, especially if it's one of those dry, powdery snows. I mean, oh. that stuff will go... I always have to adjust my snowblower. I, I kind of test it to see what the snow's really like. And if it's one of those real powdery, dry snows, I I aim to shoot low so it shoots... If I can, shoot it almost vertically out of the side, or horizontally, I guess it is, out of the snowblower. <laughs> I, I try to do that, but actually my wife's dad had bought something. I think it was Army Surplus. It's... Um, it's a hood, but it's got like uh, little straps. It's not like a full jacket, but it's a snorkel hood. You just put the straps over your shoulders and you just zip it up and it just goes over your head and it's a snorkel parka. So you're looking out like this tunnel. So yeah. that'll help fully, hopefully keep, uh, you, you know, you end up with literal tunnel vision. But if you can keep the snow out of your face, it's worth it. Oh, I remember wearing those as a kid. I remember discovering something really bad about those, though, too. Because, you know, they're fairly, most of them are fairly long. They go down uh, well below your butt and stuff like that. Never fart in a jacket like that because <laughs> it only has one place to go when you do yeah. that. <laughs> well, you see, this one is just, it's not the full parka. It's just the hood. And then you oh, put your own jacket over it. Oh. So then that way you can wear it with anything, either coveralls or whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The, you know. Oh no. Yeah. Do, it's the fart and spacesuit thing. Yeah. Don't don't do that. Yeah. It's just it's it. The only place it can come out is right in front of your face, and it's just right. not good. It's just it's really bad. I, I, I. <laughs> you know, it it it, it, looks- it took it only took us to almost the end of the show, listeners, to talk about farting or something to do with the toilet. So. <laughs> well, hey, we put it off that long. So there we go. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. And uh, Mike, can you tell where tell the listeners where uh, they might be able to find you? Yeah, um, I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm DSC Chipman. I have an about dot me page. That's about dot me slash Mike McPeak. That's M I K E M C P E E K. I know it's been misspelled as E A K a time or two in different places, but it's E E K. And um, my uh, website for my new podcast is 
bardontheplanes.blogspot.com. Uh, and when I get you know going, I, I got links to the stuff in the uh, the episode that I talk about. So if people want to know a little bit more about some of the things I talk about, there's links there for that. And uh, you know, when I mentioned to my family that uh, the name of my par- podcast, they said uh, Bard. You know that that means poetry, right? Are you going to read poems? And I said, well, considering most of the uh, poetry I know includes the word uh, Nantucket, I don't think this would probably be a good choice. So. <laughs> Good point. Very good point. Well, the listeners can always find me on Twitter, as I tell, as I say. You can find me at twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. You can also check me out on my about.me page, which is about.me slash Kevin Alder. Uh, if you want to talk to us about the show, you can email us at gse at mymac.com. Or you can just go over to the MyMac.com website and you can uh, come uh, click the link on the right-hand side and you'll get down to our show. The show's at geekiestshowever.com. So I guess that's it for now. We wish Mark uh, good health. And please, everybody, between now and next week, don't forget to hug a geek. I'm Tim Robertson. He is David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. God damn it. This, this kind of crap has got to stop. But that being said, enough is enough. Stop goddamn copying everybody else. They're a bunch of parasites, and then they're a little leech. It sucks the blood out of the consumer because they had no innovation in that company. Tech Fan Podcast. Calm, rational, and family-friendly. Every Friday.